You're listening to Urban Echoes on SOAS Radio, a podcast produced by Laura Siegler. In this first episode, we meet with an anonymous speaker who walks us through East London and shares what he has lost and found after leaving Egypt and how it affects his daily life in London. This year was really changing, it was mind-blowing. I was testing all the principles and the beliefs I have, and, and I'm, not, I'm not a saint. I'm not trying to reach anything. Maybe there is nothing to be achieved. Maybe the whole point is just to walk this journey and learn. Urban. Urban Echoes. Urban. Urban Echoes. Me seeing all these old people with their beards. And the traditional clothes going to mosque every every praying um, made me feel secure because this is what normal neighborhood look like in Egypt. This is my childhood seeing uh, old people going together to mosque. It's kind of a social thing more than just religious. So they just don't go to mosque to pray. But also it's kind of like a collective thing they do and they keep checking on each other if someone uh, didn't go. So for me, this is how old people cope with time and cope with the fact that they are no longer working, they are no longer occupying that space in their children's life. Um, and I, I like this. And when I saw it here, I felt so connected to the place because I felt, okay, maybe I am kind of like thousands of kilometers outside my, my home. But still, this is a sign that home can be f- home, home, or at least partially home, can be found somewhere else. Small mosques is more intimate and more neighborhood connected. This neighborhood says, okay, whatever you believe, you can, you can practice it. And not, not so far by, like 10 minutes walk, you have shortage on the brick lane. I'm not coming from a place where diversity are really celebrated like this. Yeah, I'm coming from a very uniform, very uniform country, which if you belong to certain circles, you need to abide by this. If you are... Islamists should act like Islamists. If you are secular, should act like seculars. It's kind of like everyone needs you to 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 be one of the tribe and to act um, uh, in the tribe. No one would appreciate the fact that you are negotiating your identity every day. So this is my home. So the main the main demographic uh, group here is migrant community from Bangladesh, mainly from certain area called Selet. They have a very distinctive identity, but still, they are not the only. So there is a lot of like um, white families, but also have, like migrant community from Somalia, Morocco, some Egyptians. I found by coincidence, and <laughs> I don't know. Like even me hearing the streets here, it's really interesting because sometimes I hear Quran in the street. Sometimes I hear some Arabic songs. And this makes me like, wow, how, like, how, how bold are these people to play, to, to hear Quran that loud in London? I never felt I should pray here. I never felt also uh, I should drink or smoke. Mm-hmm. I, I, did, I did most of this stuff, but, but without feeling compelled, feeling willing. So I hear, like, I felt when I go to pray, I always found someone with me to pray. 
was the first time I smoked weed was also here. So I didn't feel any pressure to do something I didn't really want to. Which is the opposite in Egypt because I feel there's always pressure to, uh, to abide or to be one of these people you are hanging out with. If you are hanging out with Islamists, you should pray. Even if, if it's not the mood, it's kind of like shameful and you need to justify it. The same with the other. If you hang out with very secular leftist, whatever elitist, you should drink, otherwise you will be judged. Here is a mosque that I always pray in. It's a really nice mosque and um, it's kind of crowdfunded. It's not funded by any government or any institution or any uh, Saudi money. <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, like I witnessed it since the beginning of last year, how it was just very simple and every now and then through donations and through occasions like Ramadan, people gather a little bit money and they, they do more refreshing or like kind of providing furniture for the mosque and you become part of the story because you witnessed how things are shaped. Friday praying for me, especially in London, is a milestone of my week. So it's kind of marking that I'm still connected to something I believe in. Uh, it's not just religious, it's also about connecting to home or roots. There's a time, because in this time in Egypt, we just like woke up in the morning. We don't have a real thing to do in the morning of Friday. We just get breakfast with the family and then... Um, we start to listen to Quran before and we, we have a shower and and then we go to the prayings and then we relax so your body, my body is quite accustomed to the fact that Friday is a, the off day I don't do any big things in it and it's still weird for me to understand the people here work on Friday Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Ashhadu This year was really changing, it was mind-blowing. It was testing all the principles and the beliefs I have. And, and I'm, not, I'm not a saint. I'm, I'm negotiating and I'm thinking about what I'm believing. So sometimes I will do something that many people wouldn't expect me to do. Something simple like growing my hair, but other stuff that might be shocking to, other, to, to certain communities that they assume that I belong to them. Because I live in a country where especially before revolution it's really hard to be exposed to that kind of diversity and to have this free space to ask about very basic things like why we do what we do like I, I don't think um, like I, I discovered the truth here or like I reached the nirvana no I'm still okay. it's, it's a journey and we have a saying in Arabic like called which is the best way is made by steps. So my steps will make the best way. I don't see it from here. Um, and I, I take courage to go out and saying, okay, I'm not really sure of what I believe. Assalamu alaikum wa My big fear is to change so fast or change without being aware of what I'm going to. I hate this kind of radical changes. 
So one day I'm this, the other day I'm totally the opposite. No, I always like to take it slowly and gradually and understand what I'm doing, why I have been in this place or why I believe in this value. Because it's learning process more than just reach certain destination or certain point. I'm not trying to reach anything. Maybe there is nothing to reach. Maybe the whole point is just to walk this journey and learn. After evolution, we started to ask, but still ask in a very shy way, ask in very closed circles. You can't confess to one of your friends easily that you believe in this and this. And this might be shocking. Even my closest friends still now in Cairo, I'm not really open about all, all my beliefs. Not necessarily because they are wrong or right, but because I don't think exposing people to shocks especially in, in time of defeat and trauma, is really good. It was yesterday, I was reading something my friend wrote. It's called At-Tagheeb al-Masriya, the Egyptian um, diaspora or feeling or the Egyptian alienation. <laughs> this feeling that you are, you are alienated in your place. You are feeling a kind of foreigner in, in your country. So she was describing her mixed feelings and bitterness about how many people leaving, about how, how everything becomes so boring and, um, and not making any sense anymore after the revolution failed and everyone is just now fleeing and all the, all the relations that we thought will continue are just collapsing because of this uncertainty. Um, I cried a little bit. Uh, so... Uh, in one part, I'm reading this about how my my dear friend expressing her experience in Cairo in this very, very bleak time and how everything is so gloomy and depressing and there's always the smell of this and the smell of oppression and the smell of depression in, in, in the places that we used to think it, it is the smell of freedom in. But on the other side, I'm really, really, really missing everything. I'm missing even the dust. I'm missing the bad smells of the streets. Why our generation should suffer? Why, why? like our, our father's generation already suffered? Why we keep suffering? I don't know what we did wrong. I keep asking myself what exactly we did wrong. What went wrong? Five years ago, we thought we owned the world. We left our home because the dreams that we had turned to be a nightmare. It wasn't a choice. It wasn't even aspiring for a better future. It was just aspiring for life. There is a word in, by, by Mahmoud Darwish saying, We only dreamed for life just as life. We didn't dream for something else. مش باين ليه 
قلبك تايه من مدة كبيرة خايف تتكلم ليه فعيونك حيرة وحكاوي كتيرة The whole spirit of uncertainty and anxiety and depression that the regime try to reinforce every day and make make everything unpredictable is really hitting. I work in education. I have seen people sacrificing literally third, the third of their salaries when they are not even pay, being paid a big salary just to, to pay for a course or to go to Cairo. I remember, I remember days I, I would spend four hours in transportation and all the money I have just to go to attend one event about something or, or to in Cairo and then go, going back. And many people did this. Many, many girls decided to break many rules and to challenge their parents out of being passionate about something. Not being passionate, just passionate about men or having love or something. No, about being passionate about learning or education or having a project. This is nice. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed. This is Cairo. Okay, I'll see you I'm not really accustomed to very neat places and very organized. Like when I go to Bath, for example, I felt wow, it's fairy tale, but still stupid for me. <laughs> I need to, I need something not dirty but real, natural. When I am in Egypt, I always go to this market, like especially in coastal cities like Alexandria, Port Said, or my city. We go to the fish market, especially Monday and then Friday after uh, after praying, and we pick the, the fish that we want, and we take the fish to the grill place, so they grill it for us, and it's kind of like festival thing every Friday. طيب بكم الدنيس؟ ما كنا لسه نتكلم انجليزي والله انجليزي فرنساوي زي ما انت بتتكلم ما تتكلمش انجليزي خلاص نتكلموا عربي نتكلم بورسعيد in Western Desert. I have been brought up as middle, middle, lower class, mingling mainly with people from village or while I was living in a village in Sharia, or kind of middle class people. I had the opportunity for many years to uh, mingle with or like get in contact with working class because we were building uh, our home and other homes. So I had this experience of like a lot of discussions, a lot of talking, so I'm not detached totally. Moving to Cairo introduced me to what is called upper middle class. The Anglophone and Francophone educated Egyptians who think they are the center of the world and they are knowing everything and everyone else is not as smart as they are. 
which was really traumatizing. I really want to visit you in France. Maybe when I learn. Because that's how I would like enjoy the experience more, like talk to people and I feel here they depoliticize the culture sphere. They may make it more hipster, more commodified, more capitalist, less engaging, less so if you wanna really to go to a cinema which is really political and stuff, go to like the like the margins in like Hackney cinema. Or somewhere like on the margin, but in this area and also in central London, it's becoming very fashionable to go to these old like radical things. But at the same time, you pay around ten pound to go for a movie, or twenty pound you have this old capitalist place around you. I think London used to be like Paris in sixties and seventies, where you had the Marxist movement, the civil rights movement, anti-racist movement, and also academics like Eric Hobsbawm and uh, E.P. Thompson and someone like Raphael Samuel, all these historians who were really like the, the main pioneers of Marxist history and social history, they were even opening cafes in Soho. They opened a cafe in Soho for a, year, a couple of years. And Soho was a hub for all this activism thing. But now Soho is a very hipster place or kind of like very touristy. The same with Brick Lane. I had a friend, she's, <coughs> she's a poet, uh, and she was telling her expression, her feeling about being British. She's second generation Pakistani here. And she's saying, Britain for me is Brooklyn before it was cool. I felt I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm walking between uh, very hot things. Whenever I touch something, I burn. Whenever you go outside, for any reason you pay. And this thing is like burning. You go to a cultural place, you pay. You go to buy a book, it's really expensive. You go even for a very small thing. Everything is determined by the fact that you have money or not. My city, thanks to the French, it has a lot of gardens. And these gardens actually provide a cheap way of entertainment, a cheap and nice way of entertainment. You could just go with um, a sheet of clothes and spread it and sit and you have your own tea, your own coffee, everything. Yeah, people can do it in London, but it's not fashionable to sit on the ground and just to have your tea or coffee. I don't know, I haven't seen it a lot here. But in my city, it's really a big thing, and especially in the afternoon, everyone, poor, rich, everyone just go to the garden, spread the sheet, and you don't pay anything. You could walk. While in Cairo, <clears throat> because there is no green places or open places, you have to go to the place that not that if, if you are a woman that wouldn't harass you, that wouldn't kind of treat you badly. Um, and this is a really, really expensive places. Socializing is really expensive in Cairo, especially if you are a woman and you belong to a certain class or you work in certain fields that need to show off while socializing, especially NGO or humanities, social science people. So my experience in socializing in Cairo, I wake up, I go to the, the public cafe beside my home, I pay three Egyptian pounds for a cup of tea and that's it I have some biscuits beside and that's my breakfast I had a meeting in the afternoon in Zamalek the most washed area in Cairo I have to go to this very artificial hipster cafe 
where I pay 20 or 25 pounds for just a cup of coffee, acting as an intellectual, talking about Derrida and Foucault. So I, I was schizophrenic. I was like literally living two double life. We have this word Asham, that people have this expectation from you, you would do it. Otherwise, it would be a problem. I don't know. Also, in our culture, uh, helping, like helping, especially strangers, is kind of uh, attitude thing. You should do it. Yani, if you came to my house, even though I don't know you at all, we don't even have the the least common thing. You you, you have the right to stay in my house for three days, and I feed you. I don't ask you any question. Like people, especially during crisis, people compete to open their uh, their homes for people. For example, I had a very fi financial crisis a couple of months ago, and I had two friends, not friends, like two, two Egyptian students here. I only met one or two times. And when I really thought of who is the people that might give me money, I thought of them because, because they would understand the whole thing. They, they, would, they wouldn't ask me questions about when are you giving it back. Like literally a friend of mine, I just I was so so shy and I was very stressed. And then I asked I asked these two friends, actually three, one Palestinian and two Egyptian. And at the same moment, a guy said to me like, "Give me your short code." And that and this, and he just transferred the money. And when whenever I said to them, I, "I will pay back one month. Don't worry, it's it's nothing. Don't worry." And at this moment, I felt like I have I have a support system. And those people, really, I didn't have any close relationship with them before. There is respect, there is knowing that we are all in the same circle, but we are not like that close or friends. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm more close to other people here than them. But this kind of thing that you feel like, this is your people. This is my tribe, if I can say. And we all appreciate the fact that we are in, in a very different place, strange place. We need to keep each other. Something between us and downtown area in Cairo, we love it, we hate it, we 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 want to reoccupy it, we feel it's taken from us. So I become 18 the next month after, like just a couple of weeks after the revolution happened. This is a point where I historicize my me being born again. So literally. We don't have a lot of memories before revolution. It was very dull, it was very boring. We were just numbers. But after revolution, we, we felt like we are humans, we are agents of our life. We are not just puppets. It was traumatizing, but I'm also grateful that I lived this moment. I wasn't abroad, I wasn't uh, isolated. I lived every bit. I lived the first election, the first time I voted. I feel that I'm more than myself. I feel that I'm, me and my friends are representing something more than just our individuals. And I'm quite happy. I feel happy. I'm not really hoping for another moment. I'm hoping that maybe my children will live such a moment, but the end will be different. <laughs> Thank you.
first time I saw people kissing here, especially in Metro Station, I was shocked how much inner, inner peace they have. They don't care about anyone else around, just kiss them. And, and it goes slowly, it goes casually, and no one cares. If this happened in Egypt, the whole station might be closed. Literally, because we are not accustomed to perform what we really feel in the in a, an outside world. I remember when I was dating someone here and she tried to kiss me in the streets, even though no one knows me in London, or very few people, and it's, it's normal for them. But I was really um, paranoid and I was really kind of shaking. I got the feeling that someone will just got me and saying, what are you doing? So yeah, it's policing. We were, well, our bodies policed, our morality is policed. I used to this even in Egypt, I used to be intimate. But day by day you try, you learn how not to be intimate. So you don't get yourself into trouble. I couldn't hug a friend, a male friend, in a, in, in a sta metro station more than five seconds. After this would be like, other will feel that we are so uh, boring or we are overly intimate or we might be homosexual. Even with a male, imagine with a female. Literally, I remember this scene because I was in Holborn and there was a couple sitting in the like this cross point and they were just kissing and forgetting themselves in the moment. And I was mesmerized by how secure they feel and how I would never feel something like this. But this kind of like policing morality, policing bodies, policing attitudes in public spheres was really hurting because you lose part of yourself. You feel you are kind of performing all the day. You are not really yourself. Sometimes in London I lose myself and I just sing in the streets and uh, I, I, I dance. I couldn't do it, especially in Cairo. You are always afraid that someone might get you and humiliate you. It's, yeah, it's in Egypt, like, if I like someone in, 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 in Cairo, for example, I would never ask her for a date. It would start with, like, trying to manage to meet her by coincidence. In certain places, it's not coincidence, but I, I, we, we make up coincidence. We both understand that it's just a coincidence. And this is a very old traditional Egyptian habit that to make up coincidence. Even we have a song called Sotfa, coincidence. Um, and try to walk uh, in certain places, especially on the Nile, um, acting as if you are interested. Um, you both are interested in the conversation. It's about some big things, but... You are just enjoying each other's company. Not inviting her to something like to movie or, or thing, but trying to find very interesting event and you go together and you engage also in a conversation about this. And it takes its time. And by, by also a coincidence, you touch each other, touch by like not grabbing hands, but 
just making the elbow touch the elbow or she just making like taking her hands to cross the street in a very very cliche way but still makes make it feel kind of a sign I'm giving a sign that I'm interested um, nothing is easy like like hugging hugging is, is a very advanced phase in Egypt if, if, if you really really like someone like you would wait a lot and you would like at least in the beginning you should confess and saying okay I have something like I have certain feelings for you and hugging need to be in a very discreet place where you are only together and actually it's not as romantic as it's kind of like thirst there's thirst you're thirsty and you drink it's kind of as if you are with each other all this time but you still miss each other you miss being with each other in your way which is like kind of physically a little bit and this is all what you can aspire for hugging maybe because I don't feel it here here, here, here they have their own culture their own way their own values which I really respect and I appreciate but still it's not mine and it's not the way I feel intimacy I feel intimacy is like beautiful cup of coffee needs a lot of patience very well preparation and time to have the best cup of coffee it's not like espresso one shot and that's it it's a very very slow Turkish cup of coffee but it's really delicious it's all about like non-physical sensation first certain hearing certain smell smells make us a lot of difference you would see someone very happy in Egypt especially boys for the fact that he saw the girl that he knows not he talked to his hair not he took her number not he's gonna meet her today it's just seeing while here it's different it's very straightforward it's very fast it's very a little bit materialist so yeah it's beautiful it's not my thing <laughs> I, I came here to take a time off from Egypt, time off from all this kind of chronic stress and fighting and trying to, to, to whatever, surviving. So I feel like, okay, I choose Saos and I choose Islam to be my bubble. I, I, I'm okay with this. I'm not trying to fight racism here. I'm happy to just have a normal day without being exposed to any kind of harassment or discrimination. My accent is not a crime. When I first came to London, yeah, I had this feeling that maybe because I'm not white, people, I would attract attention. Um, and I also felt this kind of inferior complexity of inferior syndrome of being in western countries especially London the old colonizer and I am I was one of the one of the colonized countries um, I yeah I stayed a couple of weeks feeling yeah should I should I feel ashamed I'm not I'm not amazed or I'm not I didn't lose myself or my identity or I haven't been crushed by the western modernity I'm I'm coming to this country knowing what is good, what is bad. I'm, I'm, I'm also not seeing it as a one bulk. And I'm aware it's very diverse. It's, it's not only color, but it's class, it's identity, it's gender, it's ideology. It's also experience, it's age. Yeah.
so I can say just yeah, the West is beautiful and the East is bad. I'm aware that in a very, very special group. Mm-hmm. People who think like if they just listen about this, like yeah, I'm just this kind of oppressed Arab, oppressed Egyptian who come here and mesmerized by the free and diverse community, which is really can tip into the right-wing nationalist rhetoric about their countries and how it's different from this kind of barbarian, oppressive countries. But still, this is a very personal experience. This is very positional and, and temporary. I haven't stayed more and decided to be more more engaged with the politics and community here. I haven't volunteered with the community in East London, so I would see the different dynamics between different migrants. Maybe they are just living around each other, but not together. Thank you.